Welcome everybody to this week's Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass. Look, the reason I do this is to make you uh, more intelligent and I'm coming this week again from my boat, wherever we decide to pull up around the place. It's kind of cool. But I've been keeping a very deep eye on what's going on economically, particularly here in Australia and particularly with respect to property. So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, I'll just get into my slides if I bring up my my slide presentation for you guys. Now look, if you're listening to me on a podcast either on iTunes or on Spotify, please, please go across to either my YouTube channel or my uh, website, which is iloverealestate.tv and you can get all of the charts that accompany the web, the, um, the podcasts and the masterclasses that I'm doing right now. Great way to keep on top of um, what's going on and of course to make more intelligent in decisions which gives you more profits. So let's get into the masterclass. What we're going to be covering today is we're going to be looking at why the lockdowns are making business and consumers a little bit nervous because they're the way they're continuing on and and uh, the longevity I think of the of the lockdowns is really what's what's kind of taking its toll right now. But why the property market is still absolutely sky high. In fact, it is surging. We have record uh, record sales at the moment and one particular city is even growing at 32% on an annualised basis. Which one's that, I wonder? All right, we'll get into it shortly. So let's look at the Australian economy. Now, there was uh, some more um, research came out during the week. And as you know, or you may not know, the banks, the uh, economic departments of the banks come out with their uh, view of what's going on and they do these surveys and whatever else. Well, this week it was NAB's turn. NAB is uh, always, I have found, to be incredibly conservative. And if you look at the chart there on the left-hand side, this is their view from their surveys uh, on what's happening from a business confidence perspective. And you can see a big downward push there. It's to be expected because of the New South Wales lockdowns. And, you know, New South Wales has always, well, up to this point, haven't had the big lockdowns like Victoria has. And uh, it's starting to really take a toll. Not only that, it doesn't seem to be easing, which is why I think these um, that downturn has really started to happen. And New South Wales is our biggest economy from a state basis. Now, the chart that I showed you last week is a chart put out by Roy Morgan, one of our biggest um, market analyzers, I suppose, here in Australia. And look at the difference in the figures. Now, this is the difference between uh, two surveys doing exactly the same thing at the same time. One, yes, they both show a downturn because of the recent lockdowns, but look at the level uh, that the Roy Morgan chart shows, much, much higher than that of, um, of NAB. NAB's more conservative. So, uh, you know, if you bring it into a baseline, and on both charts you can see there, the, you know, the horizontal line going across, you can see where the baseline is. Um, both indicate that we are above baseline. So we are more buoyant than our traditional period of buoyancy, I suppose, from a, um, from a business perspective. So that's, you know, I think you've got to take these charts into a little bit of perspective there. Again, I thought I'd show you both charts here because NAP have come out and said, well, this is the business confidence you can see there across the uh, states, which is on the left-hand side. 
the black lines are the business conditions. So in fact, business conditions are actually much, much better than how people perceive them. And that's an interesting thing. Uh, on the right-hand side, it's the Roy Morgan view across the states. And you can see again, much more buoyant than that indicated by NAB. I guess, you know, the downturn there in New South Wales on the left-hand side with, with the NAB figures really shows the lockdown. I mean, gosh, if you're in lockdown, you can't, you can't run a business, you can't do anything. Of course, you're going to have a bad attitude towards things because there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. And the thing with it is that people are, you know, talking it up and saying that it could go on to Christmas. Well, of course, that's going to affect a lot of people. It's going to cost an enormous amount of money. And, uh, you know, we don't have the federal government turning on the printing presses like they did when this whole thing began. So it'll be an interesting few months um, to see how the hard lockdown uh, is, uh, is affecting New South Wales and how much those numbers come down and how much then that affects business because business affects consumers and manufacturing. So these are the latest figures on a manufacturing basis. Uh, you can see they're, they're pretty buoyant, really. Uh, yes, there's been a downturn because of the downturn in, um, in New South Wales, biggest manufacturing or one of the bigger manufacturing uh, states. Obviously, Victoria plays a big part in that as well. So you can see the bit of a dip that's coming there uh, in manufacturing. But look at from a big picture perspective, we are still miles ahead of uh, the baseline, which is that horizontal line that we talked about there, of where the the average is, if you like. So we're still miles ahead of that. And you can see, you know, when we were back in 2012, 2013, 2014, we were below that baseline. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, um, it, it wasn't anywhere near where we are now. Yes, the, the, the massive drop off there with COVID took us way down, but you know, we're still heaps above that and things are doing pretty well there. ANZ uh, put this into, into context a little bit. He said, you know, from the Roy Morgan um, figures that came out, ANZ have come out and said that, that uh, confidence or consumer confidence has lost 3.1% as lockdowns hit Southeast uh, Queensland and Victoria and New South Wales. Um, confidence fell below the neutral for the first time since uh, just after Victoria's long second lockdown, which was of November last year. So it's to be expected, I suppose, is really what I'm saying there. Let's talk about the commodities boom, because we're still massively uh, in the commodities boom, but it does tend to be turning. Now this obviously when we talk commodities, we are a resource country. So what that means is that anything happens on a commodities basis, it really does affect us. And we've been flying pretty high over the, you know, the, the few months of um, last year and into this year, because of our the high commodity prices. Well, it's just started to turn. This is our balance of trade. Fantastic amazing look at where we are compared to where we've been previously our balance of trade is through the roof why because of commodity pricing and uh, this really shows that that there's a lot of activity around the world this is what this shows is containers are expensive because there there was such a a backlog out of covid um and you know containers were sitting in places they shouldn't have been sitting in and things weren't moving, the balance of trade and, and trade around the world were a bit sluggish. 
But now, because there's such a shortage of containers as due to that backlog that happened before, we're starting to see pricing of freight go through the roof. And this chart shows that. You can see that massive, massive increase. And it's not a little bit, it's a lot. If you look at the baseline there of how from 2015 through to about halfway through 2020, it was bobbing along at about the same level. Now, you look at where it is now, we are 10 times at least those figures. So freight has gone through the roof. Let's look at that from a bigger perspective though, because when you look at, at um, freight, what that means is that, that two-way street, imports into Australia are gonna be more expensive because of the freight costs. But that also means that our exports are also gonna be more expensive to other countries. So it kind of cuts both ways. Um, a lot of the uh, the freight on smaller goods is higher because of packaging and all of those other things. Whereas our experts of exports of iron ore and um, coal and those, you know, they don't come with packaging. So um, comparatively, our exports from a freight perspective uh, work out better than our imports uh, because of all that packaging and, and whatever else. It's affecting us, but um, we're on the good side of it because our um, the commodities and the exports from Australia are very, very strong. But what we are starting to see now is a change in circumstances. We're starting to see the ore futures, which is the indication of what the prices are gonna do in the future of iron. Now that's obviously our iron ore that we, we export is starting to come down, which is predictable. There's no way that those really heady um, prices that we had across the board, and, and iron ore was one of them, could they, they just can't last at those kind of levels. When you can see where we were just uh, a year ago, you know, August last year, we were down under under um, ninety dollars, and now we're up over. You know, we got up to nearly two hundred and ten dollars. So it's going to come down. We're sitting at the moment at somewhere around one hundred and sixty dollars. So it's a it's a good thing. Um, but uh, we do need to, uh, you know, we, we want the, our, our oil pricing to be up, but we're going to see a change. There will be a cutback in our terms of trade. There will be our, our balance of trade, I beg your pardon. There will be a, a cutback in pricing and we'll come back to something in some kind of normality. I mean, we really have been uh, riding the high on this one. Let's talk about property. All right, what's happening in the Australian property market? Well, guess what? prices are up. These are the monthly figures. So in the month of July, across the five capital cities, prices went up by an average of 1.6%. Sydney was the, well, Sydney and Brisbane were actually the highest at 2%. That's for the month. Prices went up by 2% for the month. That's incredible. Perth still lagging behind there at 0.3. Um, Melbourne came in at 1.3 and Adelaide came in at 1.7. It's only a month though, so a very short period of time. When we look at the movements though, now this goes back to a bit over, this is a year. So we go from July 2000 uh, right through to July 2021. So we talk, you know, year on year, July, 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 each July, uh, where, did that, where did that sit? And you can see, we go back, you know, 21 years, the pricing and the price movement. So this isn't how expensive things are. This is the movement in prices, how much prices went up in that month. And look at it, it's crazy. It's the highest it has been for a single month increase in over 21 years. 
So and by a long way, not just a little way, by a long way. Can it continue? Now that's in lockdown. That's in lockdown, remember. That's the, the but well, I say that it is in lockdown, but it's also the fact that you know a lot of those prices would have carried over and you know it might have been contracted on in July, uh, January, sorry, June or May, but settled in July. So they come into the July figures. So it's crazy, I can tell you. Um, this is the, uh, the quarter, the uh, July quarter. Um, and you can see there that for the July quarter, for one quarter, so we're talking three months now, a little bit of a, a, a better indicator, if you like, Sydney went up by 7.7%. Now, if you annualize that, it comes in at about 32%. Crazy, crazy figures. Will it be that high? Look, I think it's gonna be in the high 20s uh, when, we, when we look back on the whole year. Um, but and it'll continue for this this um, calendar year. We're going to see some decent decent price increases, and we've already seen it. Melbourne came in at uh, 4.6, Brisbane at 6.2, Adelaide at 5.3, and Perth still lagging behind there at 1.6. But rounding off the average for the the five cities at 5.9%. Now that's for a, that's for a three month period. So that is it's it's crazy. Even conservative NAB shows that the uh, the figures are up, um, and uh, you know they, their expectation is that they're going to continue to go up. So last week I presented to you the Westpac forecast, and I thought it would be interesting to show side by side the Westpac for forecast alongside the NAB forecast. So this is this is where they predict what's happening interest rates and bonds and fixed loans and all this kind of stuff. So they've got to have an understanding of what's happening in the market. As you can see, Westpac um, is a little bit more buoyant, but there's not a lot between them for 2021. All are expecting Sydney to be the highest growth centre coming in at around about 22% and 216 for NAB. Melbourne, uh, Melbourne running at 16% and 17.6 for NAB. And then you have on 18, we have the average for Australia, Hobart and Brisbane, whereas NAB's are a, a, uh, coming in at 19.5 and 19.8 for, um, uh, for the average. So, uh, it's you know, Hobart's in NAB's is, is off the charts. It's sitting there at 23%, whereas um, uh, Westpac's only saying 18, so that's interesting. But when you look at 2022, which I think is where we're all looking to, prices are not going to go down. You know, people are, oh, you know, the prices are too high, I'll wait. Well, by waiting, they're only going to get higher. Even though the percentage increase may not be as huge as it has been this year, they're still going to go up. <laughs> look at the forecast there. You know, Sydney ranging from 3 to 4% up. Melbourne, 3 to 6% up. Brisbane, 4 to 8% up. Adelaide, 4 to 4% up. Perth, 4 to 6% up. You know, they're, they're all up. So waiting is not your answer. What your answer is, is to have as big a footprint in the property market as you can. Those who have the right kind of assets in property are going to excel. Their wealth is going to excel compared to everybody else. Now, it's not about keeping up with the Joneses. What it's about is keeping up with inflation and keeping up with wealth and making sure that your wealth is not lagging behind, which is why you cannot delay it any longer. You have to get yourself educated. You have to learn how 
to to accumulate properties. You need to learn the structures to put them in. You need to learn how to to get into deals, perhaps without any money. How to actually do um, do uh, a a business plan in real estate that can step you through, that sets you up for this period of growth. You can't afford to miss it, basically. Now, if you're interested in any of that, you have to go to my website and you have to go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash and make yourself an appointment. Now, I've set aside uh, just a few appointments for the week that you can book into. There is no time to dilly-dally. It will take you time just to get market ready. Sit down with one of my advisors for 60 minutes. It's a full hour and it's free. They will talk to you about your goals, where you want to go, what you want to achieve, and they'll talk to you about how we can help you with that. So please book on to one of those appointments. Now put it in your diary because, uh, you know, I've set the, the advisor's times aside. They are there to help you. They are brilliant. And uh, I want to make sure that if they're putting the time aside, you are too. So put it in your diary so you don't forget. Now this is uh, this is the rent story. So the rent story is very similar to the price story. Rents are going up. Houses, obviously, uh, you can see the figures there. Darwin up there at twenty two point seven percent, up sixteen percent in Perth, and the rest are kind of hanging around somewhere between seven to nine percent, except for Melbourne, that is uh, hanging in there at just under three percent. Melbourne's obviously been hit a lot harder over the longer term. Units, not as good. Um, and and real, this chart here really shows the oversupply of apartments in Melbourne. Inner city Melbourne is oversupplied in apartments. I have been saying this for two years now, and these figures are really showing it. Um, Sydney was as well, but it's not as bad as, as Melbourne. And a lot of the, um, the Sydney apartments are actually being absorbed into uh, into the market right now, whereas Melbourne haven't because they're in such oversupply. So we're looking at, at rents uh, across houses going up by an average there of 7.7%, which is a lot. And, you know, it's forcing a lot of the, uh, the city dwellers uh, who can work it to actually move to more affordable areas in the peripherals. So, you know, a, a lot of the regional areas now are starting to get price increases because there's a big push out of the cities. If you can work from home, if you can, if you can change careers, if you can, um, you know, commute and all of those other things in a, in a workable fashion, the more affordable areas are, uh, are definitely, um, you know, in demand and consequently prices are starting to increase there as well. So this is the predictions from NAB. As I said, the NAB figures came out during the uh, during the week, and they're expecting over the next year and the next two years that rents will continue to rise somewhere between three percent, three point three over a year, and three point five percent over two years. That's big. So. Um, this, this, what this shows is the annual uh, dwelling sales. Now, it's certainly a seller's market at the moment. With buyer's demand so strong and active listings well below average, prospective buyers are likely to be feeling a sense of urgency due to the level of competition in the market. So that was a statement put out by CoreLogic and they collect all the data on uh, on properties sold, et cetera. And you can see there's a massive surge there. You can see also see on the chart where the 10 year average is. And we are way above that. 
So there is a little bit of FOMO going on, um, but the underlying supply and demand is really what's driving it. And we just don't have enough lift listings. You know, if you look at that chart there on the um, on the right hand side, you can see the uh, total listings on a rolling 28 day uh, count nationally and how much further down we are th than we have been in the past four or five years. But a story I want to bring to you this week is something that is concerning me and it's been dwelling and, and building up for a, for a little bit of time now. So I want to talk about the, the global construction market and the demand on timber, concrete and steel right across the world, not just in Australia. So usually it's a stable resource. Timber uh, international prices have hit unprecedented heights and this is mainly due to uh, a combination of the COVID-related shipping delays but also very high demand and this is being fueled right around the world. A lot of countries like Australia have also had building boost grants of some description. United States, some places in Europe and Australia have all had those so it's put a surge on new construction because in a, most Western countries, we're actually in an undersupply for different reasons, but uh, America particularly. So prices increased nearly 250% um, in the US from uh, $1,711, uh, which equates in Australian dollars to about $2,305 per thousand broad um, uh, foot. So that's basically what, what that is, is it's a foot, which is about 30 centimetres, 12 inches by 12 inches and an inch thick. So it's one twelfth of a cubic foot. Oh, God knows why America still, you know, uses feet and inches and whatever else when the rest of the world's in cubic metres, but they do. Now, what we are also seeing is that that has now just started to ease. So when prices were so high, a lot of the Australian timber and from other places, Indonesia and the like, were all going overseas because the pricing was so high. So they took up the, the advantage of the global um, pricing and then that meant a shortage here in Australia, which meant our pricing went up. So um, timber shortages threatened to send builders to the wall. This is my concern. A lot of the um, contracts that were entered into at the end of the builders boost. So we're talking contracts in um, at the end that started straight after the end of December was the first cutoff for us. And then the end of March was the next cutoff. So there was a massive, massive surge of new contracts for new builds. Now, a lot of that was was born by the big boys. And, uh, you know, you've got ones like Metricon and the like, who uh, I know for a fact have ordered, you know, five and six times their requirement for trusses and studs and walls and whatever else, because they um, they know that they're not going to get them. So somewhere less than that, they'll be able to to get what they need. And they might maybe have a little bit of a an excess there that they can either store or, or pass on to the other other builders. I hope they pass it on. Um, but that's causing a problem because not yes, we've had those big contracts and they you know as big pushes to sign up at special pricing and all the rest to get the business. But now they've got to fulfill. And in the meantime, prices have gone up. So timber and has gone up, concrete has gone up, steel has gone up, labor is now starting to go up. 
because contractors are in such big demand. So the cost of producing these buildings that they contracted into at fixed pricing has now gone through the roof. So a few things are going to happen. One is that they're going to try and increase their um, increase their um, their how much they get paid by adding extras. So variations. If you're in a build, don't change a PowerPoint. Don't change anything. If you've signed a contract, that's what you're going to get. Change anything, and you're going to be charged phenomenally to try and make up some of the uh, the extra costs there. Second thing is that um, some builders may not be able to uh, withstand those price increases because their margins have been squeezed. And in some cases, those margins have been squeezed so much that they're actually it's actually costing them to build a house for you. Now, that's dangerous. It's worrying. It's concerning to me. What I'm seeing as this continues on, if we don't get some of those uh, price reductions again because the the global pricing for timber has now started to come down, fortunately, um, we could see some builders go to the wall. Now, I'm predicting that it will mainly be the small builders that don't have the buffers in place to be able to handle, uh, you know, those increases in costs. Um, but you never know. We saw it in GFC. Some majors went down as well. So it's something I want you to watch. I want you to be very conscious of and um, make sure that, that you do your research on your builders if you're building anything new at the moment. I said before that prices have started to come down. Look, they have. You can see there, that's the, that's the um, global per broad foot, thousand per thousands broad feet it is, um, which is that one foot by one foot by one inch, one twelfth of a cubic foot, um, have come down. So the peak was there in April and May, um, and it started to come down by the end of June. So hopefully this will start to translate to a bit of a reduction and a bit of a reprieve here in Australia, because no one wants to see builders go down. No one wants to see, you know, the the trouble that that would create from jobs and people with half finished homes and insurance and all of that kind of stuff. It could get very very messy. Sydney remains the most expensive place to build in Australia, even though it has slipped in rankings on the world stage from 13th most expensive to 45th uh, most expensive. The average cost to build in, in uh, Sydney is around about 2,640 square meter per square meter, uh, which is less than half of Tokyo, the most ex which is the most expensive city to build in, coming in at $5,465 per cubic meter per square meter, I mean, and um, Hong Kong comes in at 5,300 and San Francisco comes in at 5,000 per square meter. So, you know, we're not the most expensive, um, but uh, Sydney's certainly up there. Melbourne comes in at 2,576 per square meter, followed by Brisbane at 2,448 and Perth at 2,142, Adelaide at 2,070 per square meter. Now, that is the average per square meter. So that takes into account the low end of the market, which are obviously low spec, and the very high end of the market, which are high spec. Um, I thought I'd throw in there on the right-hand side a chart of uh, lumber, copper, and, um, and crude oil. Well, the crude oil doesn't affect us that much. We're not big producers of crude oil. Copper does in the building industry uh, because of all copper piping and things like that. But, oh, my God, look at lumber. That's timber. Look at it. 
and you know most of our our houses are still built from stud frames and and you know we have timber timber trusses and 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 timber doors and timber is a big component of construction and look at the pricing there so it's had a bit of a you know a, a swing prior to the um the covid lockdowns uh we started to see a big surge there COVID happened and you can see what's happened thereafter so it's 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 troubling Queensland has recognized that it is troubling and they've come out with a wonderful idea that says for their 45 billion construction industry which employs 240,000 jobs they're going to put on free counseling <laughs> we don't need counseling or we probably do need counseling but we need a bloody sight more than counseling um so <laughs> There's an article there in the Courier Mail that says, uh, held to ransom, 50% high, uh, cost hikes, home builder crisis exposed. And, uh, you know, basically across the board, you're facing at least a $30,000 blowout. And tradies, you know, some of them are suffering as well because they've quoted on jobs and now their timbers, you know, gone up and, and their costs have gone up and they're getting caught as well. So it's the little guys that are going to hurt the most. Hopefully, um, there's enough learning from GFC that these little guys have actually been able to put some buffers in place. But knowing human nature, they don't. Years as an accountant, I can tell you, most small businesses don't even put aside enough money to pay their taxes once they go into business for themselves. It is a big trap. So my truth bomb for the week is actually that it's time for a pay rise. Wages have been down for a very long time. And uh, it's something that across the world, there is this inflationary effect happening. There was a, uh, some figures came out of the US and you can see there that, uh, you know, the, the, this is the price at which um, uh, most people responded that they would move their current employment to elsewhere to go and get accept a new job. And really the figures don't matter because everything's different in the States. Um, but it's the it's the trend line that I want you to focus on there. It's going up and the same thing's happening here in Australia. Uh, it's definitely um, time and that's not going to add any uh, favours to the property market. The property market is going to go up accordingly because of this as well. So we're going to have this inflationary effect happening there. I decided to throw in a second truth bomb for the week which is really about appreciating the little things in life. Um, you know, life goes in the blink of an eye. Appreciate the moments. And I guess, you know, I wanted to, to bring that to you. As you can see, I'm appreciating the moments at the moment. I'm sitting here on my boat. Um, we're in a beautiful harbour at the moment. And, you know, we've been sailing to some amazing destinations. And it, it, it's really, it really brings home, um, you know, the things that really matter in life. And it's, it's nature, it's health, it's family, it's love. It's all of those things that uh, make us human. So that's my thought for you guys for the week. Um, there is no time to dilly-dally though. Appreciate and move on. <laughs> so your next step really so that you can afford to appreciate is to book one of those appointments. They're 60 minutes long. They are free. Um, my advisors have set some time aside. All you've got to do is go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash and you can uh, sign up for one of those appointments. 
So in appreciation of the moments and uh, all of you guys and what it means to, to come to you every week, I am very excited to, uh, to be here with you this week and really bring to you what's actually going on because if you turn on the mainstream media, all you get is COVID news and not much else. So um, that's it for me this week and I'll be back again to talk to you real soon. Bye now. Take up one of those appointments. I think you need to. Bye now.